In today's episode of the Motorhome Matt podcast, we discuss the recent changes to Calagas cylinder offerings, including a U-turn on their discontinuation of the smaller bottles. In the news, we discuss whether the Red Sea issues have an impact on component and product deliveries. And we answer your questions on price protection and the use of wood in new motorhomes. Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. Industry insights and expert advice for the world of motorhomes, caravans and camper vans brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. And remember to follow on your podcast app and subscribe on YouTube. Click the little bell sponsored by arabasecreative.co.uk. Straight into the news then, Matt. Uh, the NEC Caravan Camping and Motorhome Show 2024, 13th to the 18th of February. It's going to be a big one. It's the annual February show back at the NEC in Birmingham. And I'm on the Ask the Expert panel, stand 3120, on Wednesday and Thursday. So there, each day, Wednesday and Thursday, there is a panel, 11.15 and 2.45. I'll be on that panel. And then throughout the week... I'm on the stand, the uh, expert advice stand, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So basically I'm on there all week. Fantastic. And by the way, it, did you notice the date? He's there on Valentine's Day, girls. Well, boys. <laughs> My Valentine card will be going in the suitcase. I guarantee she forgets. OK, then you're on stand uh, 1062. Yes. The, that Leisure Shop and Maypole. Yeah, so the team from That Leisure Shop are running the Maypole stand. So if you need security or a motorhome or caravan cover, uh, any of that great stuff that Maypole sell, then head into Hall 1, stand 1062 and look for the Maypole at that leisure shop stand and John and Tash are there running that for us from Life Beyond Bricks Will you have any of these? The stickers on it. You could be a sticker knicker if you're at the show just come along pick them up A sticker knicker they are free you ain't got to nick them I'm listening to the Motorhome Map podcast there we are stick that on the back of the van uh, or on your habitation door seems to be a popular location uh, or on a toilet cassette as I've known a few people do um, so yeah come and grab I'll have these on the advice centre so come and grab a I'm listening to Motorhome Matt sticker. There's also Stand 4180, That Leisure Shop, and Crespo and Bow Camp as well. Yes, indeed, yeah. So again, the team from That Leisure Shop are running the Crespo Bow Camp stand. I don't know if you've seen their products. They are beautiful. An amazing array of chairs, tables, and accessories from the Netherlands and from Valencia in Spain. In Hall 4, Stand 4180, uh, some of the team from the shop will be there helping you browse through an amazing array of uh, outdoor accessory products and we've got stock stock has, is arriving every day here so you can choose your product at the show and we will dispatch it the same day or next day for delivery within a few days and if you are going to the show you can save a little bit of money by getting your tickets at ccmshow.co.uk i'll repeat that ccmshow.co.uk yep. and use the code Matt, M-A-T-T, to save some pennies. Absolutely. Yep, say why not? Use the code Matt, save a few pence. And don't forget, whatever stand you go to, be a sticker, Nicker, you see? (laughs) And say, I am a motorhome Matt listener, I claim my free kiss on Valentine's Day. No, don't do that. Honestly, not with this this (laughs) 100-day cough I've still got, honestly. (laughs) Okay, then let's uh, get more serious, shall we? Uh, The Middle East crisis seems to be escalating over recent weeks with Houthi rebels uh, firing uh, on ships, which they say are linked to Israel, but they don't seem all to be. Um, The uh, Royal Navy 
and the US Navy have been involved, as indeed have uh, the uh, RAF as well as the uh, US Air Force in uh, bombing what they say are uh, ammunition dumps. Basically, the Houthis are launching drones and missiles at ships going through the Red Sea. It's a narrow strait. A huge amount of world trade goes through it. Is it having an impact on vehicles, components and product deliveries, Matt? It is, yeah. So what's happening, of course, these ships are now not going through that strait and through the Red Sea. They're going all around South Africa, which is adding two, three weeks onto their journey time. Yeah, around the Cape of Good Hope, which is one of the stormiest seas in the world. And adding... Oh, I've heard a ridiculous number about the amount of fuel. Millions and millions and millions of pounds or dollars no. to the fuel cost for these huge super tankers to get into Europe going that route. So it's definitely had an impact on uh, stuff coming from the Middle East and from the Far East. So particularly accessories, so chairs, tables and so on. So we're seeing some delays already for stock that's coming from there. I did ask Ford, I asked our friend Ryan at Ford, he's in charge of leisure vehicles for Ford, what impact this is having for them. Obviously lots of componentry I imagine comes from the Far East and the Ford Transit's built in Turkey, he said no impact at all. So we're not expecting uh, any delays to Ford chassis. So if you've ordered a motorhome and it's on a Ford chassis and you're worrying about is there going to be another delay, then apparently, according to Ford, no. Um, haven't had any response from Stellantis Group. We never do. Uh, so what impact is having on Fiat, Citroën, Peugeot? I've no idea. I did ask, but no response. So there is some impact. So I think we might see shops stocking up possibly on some products lower than on others. So get onto that leisureshop.com and uh, make sure uh, you buy well in advance uh, uh, for this year's season, motorhoming and caravanning and camping season. Because I mean, the thing is, Matt, uh, whenever we do have uh, a hiccup in supply, it's the consumer that pays in the end. That's right, yeah. And the other big impact this is having is the cost. So I was talking to one of the brands that we're looking at selling in the shop and they said that a container used to cost £740 to bring to the UK. During COVID, it jumped up to nearly £20,000. Oh. And they're seeing it drop back down to around £6,000. And currently, it's up around £13,000. So how on earth do you manage this and spread that cost across all this product that you sold months ago? Um, so they're having to just kind of put a finger in the air. Some of it they'll suck up and just absorb, and others will be passed on. So it's a very turbulent kind of time at the moment uh, where prices in the short term are going up, and I guess they'll hope for some stability to recoup that through the year. You were talking about being at the show with some of uh, our partners. Uh, will it affect prices of the things that you're selling at the show? Uh, well, that product is already here, so uh, we're fortunate in the product we're buying. is coming from Europe, um, so it's, if it came from you know, the, the, the Far East or Middle East, um, then it's already arrived. So it's already here in our warehouse. So, you know, the price there is fixed and, and, and you know, the manufacturers have been kind of honouring that and, and not putting the price up. See you at the show then. OK, then the, the That Leisure Shop product of the week oh, yeah. this week. What is it, Matt? I love this. So this is new into stock. This is from Maple. We will have these at the show. This is a little air compressor that will blow up a car tyre. Inflate a car tyre. Inflate a car tyre. <laughs> we'll blow it up. Hundred <laughs> bang! <laughs> to a much higher pressure than you need. I can't remember the actual number. 150 PSI, I think. It's, it's significant. Yeah. And it will jump start your car. 
and I've done both with it, and it's brilliant. Uh, so we jump-started a very, very flat car, and it took about 20% of the battery to do it, and we re-inflated a, a car tyre on a Range Rover from flat, and it took a third of the battery. So it recharges in a very short space of time. What's great about it is USB rechargeable, and it comes with a three-pin plug as well, so you can plug it in at home, um, and it has a torch. So it's, yeah, it does everything, and under £100. Yeah, and don't forget, you use the code in the shop as well, MotorhomeMat. You get get 10% off, so it's actually 90 quid. That's not bad, is it? Well done. Really good. Fits in the boot. Must have, I'd say. They're really handy to have. They really are. Not just when you want to jumpstart your car. I've got an, uh, an older version of uh, of one of them at home, and I use it to power a telescope. <laughs> a telescope? <Yeah. laughs> Why does a telescope need power? It needs 12 volts. Well, these days, telescopes, you don't just point them. Um, you press a couple of buttons, and they find stars and planets for you. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like lazy telescoping. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Love it. 120 PSI. I mean, that's way more than any motone. Yeah. Very handy to have. You know, you get to the motone, it's been stored all winter. Click, 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 won't start. Anyway, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. absolutely brilliant. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. Brought to you with that leisureshop.com. Today, we're talking about Calagas and yet more changes that they've announced. Is this good or bad for the consumer, Matt? Well, it's potentially good. Uh, frustrating is probably how it feels. So, Cala last year announced that they were uh, withdrawing a number of bottles from their portfolio. So the six kilogram light, that's been talked about being withdrawn for a decade, a long time. It's finally been withdrawn. The bottles have expired and they're no longer recycling them. They also announced they were withdrawing key for us little motomer bottles are the 3.9 kilo propane and the 4.5 kilo butane. So these are the small ones, which if you're in marine or you're a VW camper van, they're the ideal size. And they were going to withdraw them based on cost. And simply because they were saying it costs the same to refill one of those as it does a huge oxygen bottle in a hospital. So they just weren't viable. Well, it created a massive uh, response from their consumers, their customers saying, this is not on, what am I meant to do? The option was to go to an alternative uh, supplier. Lots of people went to flow gas. The flow gas bottle is actually slightly taller, so it doesn't fit in all the cupboards, or to camping gas, which is much more expensive. Uh, and so lots of unhappy people. And then Calov announced they're reintroducing them. They announced this at the beginning of the year, and they are bringing both those small bottles back into circulation, and they still haven't. So they said they were going to, and now they're saying it's going to be sometime late spring when they reappear. So pretty frustrating. Late spring is frustrating because the season gets underway before that, doesn't it? So people want to know where they are and have their stocks and all the rest of it. Yeah, most annoying is if you thought, oh, well, I can't use these bottles anymore, so this empty one I've got, I'm just going to you know, recycle it, take it to the tip. Well, that bottle now has a value. So to get back into the kind of on the ladder, you've now got to pay another deposit to buy another one. It's really annoying. Mm-hmm. And you can't exchange the camping gas one for one of these So because they're a different make. Um, so, yeah, it's been very annoying. So that's the first kind of source of frustration from Cala. But what's interesting is what their plans are for the future. So I've stated before that I think we will see gasless motorhomes. We'd all go electric, electric drivetrain, solar panels on the roof, big lithium-ion batteries in the leisure side, and so we'd all have induction hobs, electric microwaves. And Kala, I've been talking to them about this, and saying, well, how are you future-proofing your business? And their plan is to go for a completely renewable gas. 
So they will keep the bottles in circulation and start replacing the gas with a non-fossil fuel gas. Because burning stuff is, we've got to stop doing it. And ultimately, to get to zero emissions, we have to stop burning stuff. Uh, and Calla are going to be doing this with a renewable gas. Uh, it's called DME. Oh, that's catchy. It's a catchy name, isn't it? I can tell you what it stands for as well. I've got one I, I, here on my piece of paper that I use uh, because I've got a bad memory. It says small R DME. R DME. So right? renewable. Yeah. So ah, I've got a small R's. It's dimethyl ether. Dimethyl? Yeah. Dimethyl? I'm not sure how you pronounce Dim- it. Dimethyl ether. It's probably why it's called DME. So it's renewable DME. So yeah. this is a phrase we're going to start seeing. Now, little tip for Calla here. You need something a bit more catchy. A bit punchy, yeah. Yes, yeah, you just, you know. Flamey, something like that. Flamey. <laughs> no, but you can't use flamey, can you? Well, it, well you can still burn it, yeah. but it has absolutely zero soot, zero CO. It is a completely net emission zero product. Uh, and what's fascinating about it is how it's made. Um, so we've got some facts here, haven't we? It's fascinating facts time. <laughs> so this is a synthetic gas. So there's something called bio-LPG, which is different. And you're going to start seeing that term. That's been around for a little while. But what's interesting about DME is it can be used as an alternative to diesel fuel. So you can run your car on it. You could run your car on it. And they had to adapt the vehicle. How much adaption? New tank, new fuel pump, new fuel pipes. Yeah. About five grand's worth. Probably. Mm. Yeah, probably. But what I find fascinating is this is still a relatively new product. And we feel like we're being very much railroaded down the kind of EV route. So a battery-powered power plant for our cars and vans. What I think this journey to zero emissions is going to create is new products and new conversations, and this is going to be one of them. You know, I've not seen anybody talking about this in our industry, uh, our DME, renewable DME. I think we're going to see more and more people start to talk about it, and potentially we could see vans running on it. It's interesting that Volvo and Total, the fuel company, own this stuff. There's a few other fuel companies in the mix as well, but they own this stuff. And uh, There's a new plant being built in Teesside, where they're going to start producing it and Calor are investing into it. And how's it made? What's it made from? What's interesting is it's made from animal waste, poo. sewage poo, mm-hmm. sewage sludge, renewable power and CO2, forest residues, municipal waste, agricultural residues and energy crops. So you grow some crops yeah, and you've got a bit of poo and you've got some sewage and all the rest of it. So, yeah. so, so it's methane. It's methane, I was going to say. It's yeah. methane based. You could offer your services. <laughs> Christmas is over, thankfully. They'd welcome you with open arms, more sprites. <laughs> uh, so, uh, unlike natural gas, so LPG, which we use now, yeah. when vented, it releases methane, which is harmful and global warming pollutant. DME does not exhibit the same problem. DME is a cleaner fuel, biodegradable, non-corrosive, and emits minimal to zero soot. So it seems like it's a perfect product, but LPG didn't catch on, did it, even though it was cheaper, because it was a real pain. You couldn't get it in enough petrol stations. You, you know, it was another career trying to figure out where you're going to fill up. This could go down that same route unless they get that right. It could do. I guess it's going to be about commercial take-up, isn't it? And what's, as I say, what's interesting is who owns it. And we'll undoubtedly want to push it onto the consumer. Uh, and I think it's fascinating. We could see vans running mm. on this stuff. I don't know. It's complicated. But I think it's one to look at. And as I say, I think the journey to zero emission, to net zero, as it's called, is going to create uh, an interesting range of topics and we i've got here the timeline we're on i'm going to bore you with this because i find this fascinating this is a long list by the way no it's not 2022 (laughs) the first pilot plant producing 
renewable DME open. So that's happened. And Liquid Gas UK members increased investment to over 200 million. So these are the companies behind this. In 2024, the UK's first commercial RDME plant opens in Teesside, producing 50,000 tonnes of it per year. That is already on track. So I think that's open and it has happened. So we're on, on the timeline. And there's a Philips 66 Humber refinery expands to producing 5,000 barrels a day of biodiesel and bio-LPG. So this is a, a similar product. Uh, in 2030, the Paris Agreement target to reduce carbon emissions by 68% compared to 1990 levels. I don't know where we are now compared to 1990. But by 2040, the LPG industry aims to deliver 100% renewable solutions. And Cala are on that journey. Now, that's only 16 years away. That's not very long. And that's a big change in terms of our Cala bottles, which means Cala have a future. But it's not just the bottles, is it? The interesting thing, the point you made early on, uh, is uh, it's uh, suitable for diesel engines. And, of course, uh, one of uh, the uh, classes of vehicles for which uh, you know, electric power isn't really practical is lorries. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's interesting is lorries are starting to go electric. So we're seeing cars now uh, and cars are viable with all the complications around residuals and so on. The next to come, I think, is articulated lorries. And there we're seeing more and more of those. And then will come the van and then will come the motorhome once the van has been sussed. If the van has an alternative to electric, which is more viable and cheaper Uh, then we could be looking at gas-powered vehicles. So it's a fascinating topic and a change I'm going to see in my lifetime. Possibly yours, Keith. Um, (laughs) No, we will. So I just think it's a brilliant time to be alive because we're going to see some of the biggest changes we've ever seen uh, in modern times, changes to how we drive and and our behaviour. What's also interesting is the the LPG pumps are disappearing. Um, So MFG Fuel Group have have, have taken them away in place of EV charger points. Will they start reintroducing them if this becomes viable? Yeah. Maybe. So it's more change and I think a conversation worth having. So there you are. You heard it here first. RDME. Or Flamey. Flamey. (laughs) Flamey. We'll go with Flamey. We'll pitch it to uh, the brand team at Cala. So what changes do I need to make as a consumer? You've already said if I've got a diesel vehicle, it's likely that if I wanted to, uh, I could uh, could make some changes to the fuel delivery system. But if Cala are using it, what about my barbecue? What about in my motorhome? Is it going to be like, remember when we went to unleaded, you know, you needed to make uh, adjustments to the engine in order for it to burn properly. Am I going to have to do any all that stuff nothing nothing at all that's the best bit about it i've got to change the regulator it can be transported as liquid uh, and used as a as a gas uh, and you don't have to change anything it burns i think it burns slightly colder than diesel uh, so it needs slightly more pressure so it's it, it needs more of it than diesel but in terms of your barbecue so a direct replacement this is it so in our motorhome and caravan it's just a gas bottle. It just hasn't got fossil fuel in it. It's RDME. How much is it going to cost me then? Well, there's the question. That, I don't know. I Probably it's going to go up, isn't it? Everything's going up. But that, but, too early to say. Yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't apply to Cala, does it? But, I mean, when I'm putting fuel in my vehicle, I'm paying a lot of duty and VAT on the duty. This, from what you've said, won't have any duty on it. 
Well, potentially it shouldn't. I mean, gas carries at the moment a 5% VAT mm. um, versus you know, much higher on fuel. But <laughs> governments want to step in and capitalise well, well, on it. Well, you've got to pay for the roads and the hospitals and the street lighting yeah. somehow, haven't you? So uh, undoubtedly there will be a taxation on it. It's still early days and we would love to get someone from Cala or from SHV Energy who own Cala to come on. We have invited them. We haven't heard back from anybody yet. And it's probably because it's so early in the conversation they're nervous about you know, going public. Yeah, making Many promises things. that they can't keep. Yeah, but we will certainly be watching this. I think it's a big topic and one we're going to keep an eye on. It'd be uh, great, wouldn't it, to have a tour of the uh, factory where they make it? Trip to Teesside? Yeah. It's the Motorhome Map podcast. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. It's all brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. It's the Q&A, the questions and answers. He's the expert. You <laughs> ask the questions. I'm sort of in the middle, stopping a fight breaking out. Like a pig. Uh, yeah. Lynn Blackwell's in Bath. Help, she says. We have £140,000 sat in the bank. Hey, Lynn. Lucky lady. I live near Bath. We put a deposit on a Hymer 570 MLT crossover in August last year with price protection due for the latest model. We have now been told by the dealer that it is not price protected, nor is there a date confirmation of details. I understand Hymer have released little, but we're feeling robbed of a timeline. Please help us, Matt. We're so upset. And this is about treating the end user, your customer, properly and it seems from what she's saying that that's not happening no and of course <laughs> there's a supply chain here which is passing the increased costs up and it gets to a point where it ends up with you the consumer i suppose um i've not looked into the detail of this with this particular model lovely motown choice by the way we saw them in dusseldorf they're great i share your frustration lynn there really is not a lot you can do about it apart from March with your money, I suppose, and buy something else. But the MRT, of course, is so unique. There isn't really anything else out there like it. And I can imagine, uh, you haven't said which dealer, and rightly so, you bought it from. But the only thing I could suggest is whether it's worth going to another dealer and see if they have supply coming through at a lower cost and see what they can do for you. But I'd be very surprised if they can. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. You feel robbed of a timeline. So many people are in the same boat as you, Lynn. Uh, it's been a really, really difficult four years for that reason. Really frustrating. You know, people like you have been waiting a year or even longer, two years. Um, do you know what? I, w I was speaking to a, a Range Rover dealer, and he said, if you ordered a brand new Range Rover right now, because I asked him about his supply chain, three years to get one. It's ridiculous. But that's not because, interestingly, there's a lack of parts. Range Rover actually capping the supply. So to keep their residual prices high, they're capping the supply, which is not what's happening here. No. Heimer are not doing that. Mm. Of course, the MLT is a niche product, uh, and they don't sell loads of them. But, you know, you're spending six figures, 150, 200K. The supply of them is limited, um, and not because Heimer are trying to cap the supply to keep the residuals high, which is what Range Rover are doing. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we've seen in the news Porsche flooded the market with cars and the used values have all plummeted. Yeah, but the thing is here, it's not about the difficulties that dealers are having. We have a customer here who went into a contract, you know, whether it was signed or whether it was a shake of a hand, with price protection, and the yeah. dealer is not standing behind that. You know, and my advice to you, Lynn, is... Take your money and go somewhere else where you can trust the people you're buying it from. I know people, you know, dealers and manufacturers have had a hard time, but you don't pass the hard time on to people who are spending £140,000. You just don't do it. 
No, that's true. And what's the point of price protection if it's not going to be price protected? It's closing the deal at the time, isn't it? And then you don't stand behind it. And that's where Lynn's frustrations come from, is the amount of time that's passed. And to get it, they've got to spend more money. It's, yeah, very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Lynn, as Keith suggests, you could, as I say, talk to another dealer and see what they can offer you. But, of course, the problem is, this product, Keith, there aren't that many dealers that sell it. No. There aren't aren't that many that have got the credit line or are brave enough to actually buy this product with a view to selling it because they're probably only sell six or seven a year mm. and it's a big chunk of change so you know it's a huge product on their credit line so there are literally a handful that lynn can choose from here so it is very very difficult lynn um and i feel your pain but i don't have a silver bullet for you i'm sorry barry murphy's in dublin hi matt i recently upgraded my 2010 sunlight motorhome to a newer model from 2020 one thing that surprised me was that the chassis floor was still constructed using wood with modern construction techniques i assumed all motorhomes were reducing the use of wood in their construction are there many manufacturers still using wood such as sunlight in their chassis construction are there any steps i should take to maintain the wood floor and what sort of lifespan could one expect from wooden flooring uh, regards says barry well the thing that springs to my mind matt is of course water ingress that that is the enemy of wood in motorhomes it, it is yeah and, and often it's not a marine ply that's used it's just regular timber the key here barry is a lot of manufacturers have been stopping using wood in the construction of the walls and the roofs but for some reason the floors often still contain wood Shoson are still doing it as well uh, and we have this product on our hire fleet and there's often by the kitchen there's a, a strip that goes across and it gets damp um, from underneath uh, or from the shower and kitchen area that gets into the floor and it weakens the floor so we've had to repair a few uh, it's quite common um, i think we'll see more and more manufacturers not using wood at all as we go forward but of course wood is historically been a cheap product to use that's not quite the case anymore it's gone up in price so in terms of protecting it under sealing it would be a very very good idea there's lots of products out there um you'll, you'll see them online where you can spray the underside with sunlight there is an underspray that death left who owns sunlight issue and they want you to underseal every year as part of the habitation check and this is why to stop water ingress as you say coming up through the floor and ruining the floor because the first thing that goes down in a motor is the floor and everything else goes on top of it if you've got to replace the floor it's the oh you've got to take the top off you got to, oh, yeah and it, it's a nightmare mm. uh, and trying to get through from underneath can be really hard mm. because you've got all that mechanical stuff mm. underneath the floor so it can be a very very involved repair um so under sealing it is a very very good idea yours is going to be now if it's if it's 2020 it's still probably got a year of water ingress warranty left um but i'd definitely look at getting it done by the dealer as part of the habitation check or doing it yourself i'm really surprised that you said early on in that answer that they don't use marine ply what is it double the price for a sheet uh, than normal ply when you're looking at the cost of these motorhomes surely that's a, a, a sensible uh, precaution against water ingress weight as well that's the big uh, issue. is it heavier much heavier so it, you know payload number one topic of the year probably uh it's it, that's a big consideration so wood is light um and compared to some man-made products it's much lighter so adria for example will use a product that's completely man-made in their walls and roofs and i believe in their floors and it's something they've invested a lot of money into which is lightweight and completely non-absorbent so yeah under seal that's the answer 
Barry in Dublin, thanks very much for your question. If you've got a question, what should people do, Matt? Easy. Just go to mhmp.info forward slash ask Matt. Hit the little orange button and record your question. Tell us where you are or fill out the form. That's mhmp, motorhome Matt podcast. Get it? Dot info forward slash ask Matt. You can subscribe on YouTube and that's sponsored by aerobasecreative.co.uk. And you can share this episode with a friend. Do share with them. Help us spread the word of the podcast. We love that. And don't forget, be a sticker nicker at the show. See you there. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. Thank you.